welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. So today is that day that we set aside on the calendar so we can honor the faithful, committed, courageous, protecting, nurturing women in our lives that we call mother, mom, mama, whatever they are called. We honor you today. I, I know beyond a shadow of doubt that one of the greater blessings of my life that I dare not take for granted is that my mother was a committed follower of Jesus Christ, that she was, without a doubt, the singular most important spiritual influence on my life. And if she were here and heard me say that, she would be humbled and she would be embarrassed uh, at the attention that she got for that. Some of y'all actually may remember my mother from when she used to worship with us. Whenever she would come in the front door, she always had her walker. Now, she didn't use her walker. She just carried her walker. She didn't, you know, step and, no, she just kind of held it and walked like this because my mother absolutely hated having to have her walker. But the reason she had to do it was she had fallen a few times. She actually had a traumatic brain injury. And so if she were going to lose her balance, the walker was to help her balance, but she didn't like having to use it. But also because she had had that brain injury, she had to wear a helmet. She had a bicycle helmet that she would wear. And I always kind of chuckle at the images I get in my memory about what my mother looked like walking in the church, carrying her walker, and the helmet was never on right. It was always kind of lopsided, kicked off to one side, and as soon as she would sit down, I'd say, okay, let's fix your helmet, and I'd put it on her head and tighten the straps. I said, you know, it's not going to work if you don't have it on right. But by the next Sunday when she would come, it wasn't fitting right again. So I don't know what was happening at home. Obviously, I'm thinking about my mom because it is Mother's Day. But even more than that, I was reminded of her when I heard the news last Monday of a famous mother that died, Naomi Judd, the mother and the mother-daughter duo, the Judds. My mom loved the Judds. She also loved Reba McIntyre. I think because like my mom, they were all redheads. I'm thinking maybe that's what part of the connection was. I never heard the Judds music. I only know one song really that they sang because it was a song my mother thought I could relate to, one that she thought was important. And I think she was right. It's a timeless song. It's a song that's got a message that we seem to need to hear again in every age. It's the only song I know they sing, so I'm going to go with it's the most popular song they ever recorded, Love Can Build a Bridge. Friends, isn't that a, a message that we frequently need to be reminded of? I mean, when we look around us and we watch the news and we see everything, it seems like it is so easy for people to become divided, whether it's you know a lifestyle question or politics or whatever it is, it, it, it seems like there's always division. I would even say that I, I've always believed that one of Satan's favorite tricks is to divide and conquer people. And so this song with this message always reminds me, while other things will seek to separate us, it is love that builds a bridge that helps us cross that separation that exists. And I think that's part of the message 
of the scripture that we're looking at. We're in this series where we're thinking about what it means to be a new creation. Creation is our, or create is our word for the year. And we've spent time looking at the idea of how it was that when God created the universe and everything in it, it was good and it was perfect and it was holy and humanity enjoyed this significant bond with the creator. But whenever sin and disobedience entered into the human experience, all of a sudden that bond was ripped apart. And there was nothing humanly impossible or humanly possible for us to do to cross that chasm that now existed. But this is the great thing about God is when we could not find our way back to God, God is the one who still wants a relationship with the people that God has created. And so it is that God builds the bridge because of the great love that God has for us. And that's the next point we want to make as we work our way to 2 Corinthians 5.17 that anyone, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Would you give your attention to this reading from God's word? Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we're giving you a reason to be proud of us so you can answer those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If it seems we are crazy, it is to bring glory to God, and if we are in our right minds, it is for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Brothers and sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Okay, so right off the, the bat, when I read this scripture, I understand there's a word in there that sometimes causes us to squirm and sometimes we feel uncomfortable with, uh, and that is the word control. Love controls us. Those of us listening, for the most part, are good, red-blooded American people who we want freedom and we want to make our own choices, and the idea that someone could control us is very uncomfortable for us. When, when we think of control, we think of God like a puppet master. Now, that can be a sock puppet or it can be, you know, a marionette, but we don't want to think of God as someone that just controls everything we do and everything we have to say and everything we believe. Brothers and sisters, I declare to you, if God were a puppet master, God would not have given us and created us with free will. God gives us free will to accept or reject to obey or disobey. God is not a puppet master. So while I love this particular translation, there are other translations of this verse that may actually be a little more beneficial to our understanding. One translation says, for Christ's love compels us or that Christ's love urges us on. Because we have this new life with Christ, we understand that 
that we are to be people that share the good news of the gospel. This is what we are called to do. In the same way that my mother was a significant spiritual influence in my life, we ought to be a significant spiritual influence in other people's lives because God has called us to this. God has gifted us for this. God has set us apart for doing this work. And when we do it, <laughs> sometimes people think we're just a little bit crazy. I mean, after all, if you're here and you're a believer in Christ, you're professing belief in someone you have never seen, and yet you're willing to yield control of your life to him. And so that's why Paul says, you know, if people have spectacular ministry and we're simply sincere, understand that sometimes people look at us and they think we're crazy. But when we're crazy, it's always to bring God glory. But if we're in our right mind, it's to benefit others. So whether we're in our right minds or not, that which controls us should be Christ love, even if we're uncomfortable with the idea of control. So let me give you a different image to think of that word. Don't think of it like a puppet master. Think of it like you're driving a car. Now, it is most certainly my hope that if you're driving a car, that you're under control. And so to that end, your car is equipped with a steering wheel, if you start to go the wrong way, you can simply correct your course. If you're going a little too fast, there's a brake pedal for you to apply. If you're not going fast enough, you have an accelerator. And I believe this is part of how the Holy Spirit acts in our life, that whenever we start to get off course, the Holy Spirit beckons us to come back. We can choose to bring our life back in. If we're kind of being sluggish, the Holy Spirit can say, hey, you need to pick it up a bit. If we're going too fast, the Holy Spirit sometimes gives us that check within us that says, hey, slow down, slow down, take a deep breath. This is the idea of how Christ's love controls us. On our spiritual journey, it helps us. Our decision makings are compelled, they're urged, they're controlled by the love that we have for Christ. And even in those times when we try to live outside the love of Christ. When we choose rejection and disobedience over obedience and acceptance, we need to know that Christ's love reaches out to us because his love has us firmly in its grasp. The love of Christ grips us. The love of Christ, when it comes into our life, is that which begins to change and transform us. This is a lesson that is taught all through Scripture, and it's one that I cling tightly to as a lesson taught by an 18th century Anglican priest. Perhaps you've heard of him. His name's John Wesley, the chief spiritual founder of the people called Methodists. And, 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 and Wesley preached about God's grace and he preached about God's love in such a way that it helps us to understand it and live according to it. I'm going to share here in just a moment a brief passage from a sermon of Wesley's called The Scripture Way of Salvation. But before I read it, there's two words I just want to make sure that we understand because they're probably not words that we use in frequent conversation. The first word is justified. It actually is about the doctrine of justification. Now, when we talk about the doctrine of justification, 
your eyes glaze over, they may roll back in your head, your breathing gets deeper, and you get real relaxed in your seat until something more interesting comes along. But when we talk about that moment when we profess by faith that Christ is our Savior, when we choose to receive God's grace, some people say it's when I got converted, some people say it's when I got saved, some people say it's when I was born again. That's what justification is. Whatever other phrase you use, this is what justification is about. Okay, deep breath. Second big word, sanctification. Sanctification is the work of the Holy Spirit to sanctify us. Sanctify comes from the Latin word sanctus. Don't you like that word? Sanctus, which uh, really means holy. So the sanctification is the work of God in our lives to make us holy, and that is to help us to love because Christ's love controls us. So are you all ready to hear the sermon? If you don't understand it, maybe this explains it better than I did. Go ahead and put that first slide up there, please. At the same time that we are justified, yea, in that very moment, sanctification begins. In that instance, we are born again, born from above, born of the Spirit. There is real as well as relative change, and I, I need to preach a sermon on that because that's an important distinction. We are inwardly renewed by the power of God. We feel the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us, producing love to all mankind. We should say love to all humankind, and more especially to the children of God. Expelling the love of the world, the love of pleasure, of ease, of honor, of money, together with pride, anger, self-will, and every other evil temper, in a word, changing the earthly, sensual, devilish mind into the mind which was in Christ Jesus. Okay, let me see if I can help us understand what this means. When we were created, we were in this passionate, intimate relationship with God, but sin separates it. And so now the question is, what is in control of our lives? What is our interior motivation that is guiding our decisions and what we want to do? Well, in that set, it is ourselves. We're trying to make our own choices. We're trying to make our own decisions of life. And in the midst of this, sometimes we are influenced by outside forces which are not good. They are prideful, angry, they're self-motivated. It's got evil all through it. This is our condition because of sin. However, whenever we choose to receive faith in Christ, now what God is trying to do to make us a new creation is to get all that stuff out of us so that we're no longer in control now it is the love of Christ being put into our lives, a love that helps us to know God and to know other people in such a way that we fulfill the scriptures, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. It takes out, it expels the old, it brings in the new. The love becomes the controlling motivator in our lives. Does that make sense to everybody? If it did, y'all are a lot smarter than me because I've had to understand and you know, think of this so many times. It's like you know, some of y'all may be pulling weeds in your yard right now. You know if you don't get that weed out by the root, that weed's gonna grow back. That's what that evil old nature does. The Holy Spirit tries to root it out of our hearts. And so we know and we understand 
that if love is going to control us, and perhaps you heard this recently, that love can make a person do crazy things. Now, that's not a popular statement because it was said at the Academy Awards a few weeks ago. It actually predates that. In fact, Mike Cosper in his book, Rhythms of Grace, written in 2013, actually said that that's the theme of every film and every movie that so many people make, is that love will make you do crazy things. And one of the examples he cites is that of James Potter. Do you all know James Potter? I do not know James Potter. I never heard of James Potter, but I fully understood the implication that James Potter, when the evil Voldemort was trying to put a curse on his son Harry Potter, stood in the way so that his son would be protected. Prince Philip was the one who rode through the briars and rode through the darkness to face an evil dragon and rescue a woman that he simply called Sleeping Beauty. When I think of, of what Cosper wrote, it, it reminds me that it was Jack who stayed in the frigid waters of the North Atlantic, hanging on to life while his newly beloved rose floated on a door as Titanic sank. Love will make you do crazy things. That's why God left his throne in heaven above to come in human flesh and dwell among us, lived an essentially ordinary life, until he became an adult and Jesus had a very rambunctious public ministry that led him to the agony of the cross because his love for us is so great it made him do something that everybody else thought was crazy. Oh, beloved, we need love to control us. We need to be reminded of the true measure of love because somehow or another in the distortion that goes on in our culture, people think that if you love somebody that you immediately agree and bless everything that they do and decide and how they want to live. People would say, if you disagree with my life, if you disagree with my choices, my preferences, my politics, whatever it may be, if you disagree with that, then you don't love me. Friends, it doesn't mean that at all. Disagreeing with somebody on something simply means you disagree. It doesn't mean you don't love. Whenever Paul is writing this letter, he is, you know, saying there are those that think they're spectacular in their ministry versus us who have sincere hearts. Paul doesn't hate them. He just wants to bring people in this right understanding that God has given you a mission in life of how you are to live and everything in your old nature disagreed with God's way of doing things. But it didn't mean God didn't love you. It means that God had another way, a better way, a more holy way for us to live. You see, love just has a powerful effect on our lives. I remember the day before my mother died. My sister called me. My mom was in a hospice center. I rushed up there and my sister and I talked and my sister and I remembered and we laughed and we cried. We did work while we were there. We knew it was going to be a long day. My mom loved to listen to the Bible on tape, but she had upgraded to the Bible on CDs. And that's what was playing as we sat there in the room. 
caregivers would come in every now and then and they would offer their compassion and their gifts. They would say, you know, we're, we're just keeping your mother as comfortable as we can. We, uh, she's not feeling any pain. They wanted to assure us of that. And, and I'm sure that somehow in their training and in their gifts of compassion to people in that situation, uh, they offered the understanding that maybe she can hear you, so don't be hesitant to talk to her. And then she said something to us, and I'm, I'm willing to bet she says this to just about every family she deals with. She said, the important thing is your mother knows that you loved her. And in that moment, I had an epiphany. I thought of something I had never thought about before. It never come to my realization. And, and I said to that caregiver, I said, you know, that was never important to my mother. It was never important to my mother to know that we loved her. What was important to my mother was for us to know that we are loved. And somehow, as I thought about my mother this week, I thought, that's what God wants to say to somebody today. That even if we have lived in rebellion, even if we have disagreed with God, his love has us in its grasp. His love is not going to let us go. And, and however you have lived your life, please hear the good news. God loves you. Nothing's ever going to change that. That's what we said in our creed today, that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. And when we, by faith, understand that God loves us so much that he wants to offer us a better, a holier life than what we would otherwise experience, then it doesn't matter if we're crazy in bringing glory to God or if we're in our right minds trying to benefit other people. Christ's love controls us. That's pretty good news. Would y'all pray with me?